Therapy roulette, consent event. Trauma disguised as comedy. Therapy roulette, consent event. If you don't have problems, then you're likely repressing shit and you should find a therapist who's not me. Welcome back to Therapy Roulette. Welcome back to me. I took a break. Apologies for just kind of dropping off there. I was planning to take a break at some point in May or June, and then before I could plan it out strategically, the break took me. Sorry. My bad. I'm back now. Um, My family came into town. They flew into Vegas because my dad loves Vegas, and I met them there, and then they came to Long Beach and saw my new home and saw Long Beach, which they haven't been to before, and that took up some time and planning and energy. And then it was just easier not to do the podcast. Um, So I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I have returned. It was nice seeing my family, though, because, you know, normally I have to fly to New York to see them. It was nice to see them on my turf, under my roof, following my rules. I cooked them brunch, and they seemed to like that. We made waffles. Joseph actually has, like, a really good bacon cheddar waffle recipe that he does. So he did that and chef's kiss. So delicious. Bacon and cheddar. Who knew a deadly combo? Otherwise, when they were in town, we mostly ate good food and went shopping. The bocce's love to shop. Went to the outlets near Long Beach and got some new shoes, got some affordable athletic gear. And now I'm all set for the summertime. I can walk and look flashy in my bright purple Nike shorts, and I don't need anything else, really. I also got a cool hat from the boardwalk, so now the sun, a little bit more sun coverage, because that sun has been strong lately. I'm not (laughs) trying to mess with the sun. It was nice seeing the fam. Um, And then Joseph and I went to a music festival Around Memorial Day, we went to Lightning in a Bottle, the best festival. I mean, oh my God, mind's blown. And I've been to quite a few festivals. Like I've been to, in my previous younger days, I would go to at least one every summer on the East Coast. Since moving to the West Coast, I have not been to a music festival. haven't really been to a lot of concerts here either. You know, I've had to build a new friend group. It takes time. But I do love seeing live music. And so my friend in Long Beach was going to Lightning in a Bottle. And she talked about it enough that I was like, I got to go too. And the lineup was really good. It was Glass Animals, Grizz, S.G. Lewis, and just a lot of big names. And, you know, you see a few big names. That's good enough incentive to go. Once I recognize like one or two artists, Joseph saw Gold Link this rapper he likes, but he was doing like a pseudo electronic set. It was a little different than what he thought, but he liked that. We saw a DJ called Vanessa without the A in Vanessa. That was the best set, actually. Someone I didn't even know had the best set. And there was uh, John Hopkins was another DJ I really like. Did not expect the set he played. He was all over the place, like up and down and like in your face and then he was like down tempo like let's think about our lives and our existence it's a little confusing but he put on a good set too there was this one stage called the woogie stage and that was where john hopkins played vanessa played 
the woogie stage was where it was at. It was like, that was the place you were going to dance and get funky. There was just a lot of room toward the back. It wasn't like one of the big populated stages. The big names didn't play there. So that was a cool stage, the woogie. Get down with the woogie. And whoever designed lightning in a bottle put so much thought and effort into the lighting and the design of the layout and the way you move through like the nature. It was beautiful, especially at night with everything all lit up. It was so beautiful. It was five days camping. I want to go back. Joseph uh, likened it to Burning Man. He said it was like Burning Man Jr. And I believe it. It was a different kind of vibe. It was a whole community of people, whole range of ages, like older people, uh, very old hippie looking people who were just down to talk and share wisdom. There were kids, there were teens, young people, middle-aged people. Like you, you would see people in like wheelchair type devices, just like chilling in their sun hats and learning at a workshop. There were a lot of workshops a lot of yoga. We went to a, a few like food-based workshops. There was one on uh, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna butcher this Ayurveda Ayurveda curry. And to be honest, I didn't learn a lot in that workshop. The teacher was a little distracted, but we ate some curry and it was bomb. It was so tasty. We went to one on fermentation because Joseph loves fermenting shit <laughs> and learned uh, how to ferment your foods. Saw a lot of good music and art. There was an art tent. There was choreography and dancers. I mean, I was really impressed with myself and with Joseph because he tried new things. I tried new things. He came to yoga with me. He doesn't do yoga. And he came to like an hour and a half long yoga class, which was very vulnerable and uh, loud. It was a very loud yoga class. It was more like a mantra like saying your mantras over and over again while interacting with the other people in the class. You had to suspend your uncomfortability getting to know new people because the beginning of that yoga class, the teacher was like, I want you to walk around the space and find a stranger and make eye contact and hold eye contact. And that was like how the class started. I had to make eye contact with three people, three different strangers, and stay in their space for several minutes. Like it felt like two minutes at least, just staring at them. And you weren't supposed to speak, just stare into their eyes and share their energy. And the first time it was uncomfortable because the dude who I matched with, this like a little bit older dude, he was just so comfortable staring into my eyes that it made me uncomfortable. You know, it was like, wait, when is this over? How long have we been here? Um, But he was also very much at peace and he was just like, it's okay. He didn't say it's okay. He just expressed it through his eyes. That shit is powerful. Also, we met an older hippie guy who said he was retired. So he's got to be like, what, 50s-ish, 60s maybe? He's retired, an executive, retired now. And he teaches yoga now. And he says he meditates a lot thanks to his ex-wife. And uh, we were talking to him And Joseph was like going on about his interests, about electric vehicles and stuff Joseph likes. And then the the older guy cut him off. He's like, listen, I don't want to talk to you about electric vehicles. How's your family? You know, how was your childhood? Like cuts, he cuts to the core, cuts to the meat of the issue. 
And we talked to him a little bit about that, and he directed the conversation in a more deep way. And then he tells Joseph, you need to do yoga, and you need to meditate, because I can feel your energy, and you need to calm down. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Thank you, stranger. I've been trying to tell Joseph that since I met him. He needs to do yoga. And Joseph agreed to do it. We're going to start meditating and doing yoga together. Thank God. Because I could feel Joseph's energy, too, in that space. Like, we were in a desert-like climate, but there was a lake. So it was a little, you know, there was a little, like, mist in the air. And there were chill breezes coming through. But otherwise, you're in a barren wasteland where they built up a nice music and art space. Our phones weren't working. You couldn't just go on the internet. That wasn't available. You just had each other and the entertainment and the community and whatever was going on. You had to be present. If you weren't present, why were you there, you know? So I feel like a different person now. I feel like I've learned a lot. I've been more grounded since returning to Long Beach. I just feel more connected to nature and people humanity. And it's crazy because I spent five days off my phone, so I wasn't on social media. I wasn't absorbing the news. And I felt so good. Oh my God. I think that's the key to happiness is just no phones, (laughs) no news, no social media. Obviously, I'm not going to throw those things away. I'm still on all of them. And I, you know, I pay attention to the news. Unfortunately, you have to. But if you can take long breaks and if you can remember, you can't control everything. You have to let some shit go and you have to just lead, you have to lead your own life. I can't fix all the problems that are going on. And knowing it's not on my shoulders, I'm not the president of my country, I'm not making these giant decisions to help humanity, I can only do like my part. And my part's pretty big if I just focus on what I'm doing, whether it's putting out this podcast or doing comedy, doing my day job where I do accounting for a company, being a girlfriend, being a daughter, you know, doing all this stuff is important. And that's what I want to focus on. And yeah, I want to help cure the world and fix the broken system and all this stuff. I voted in the primary I talk to people about mental health. I try to be kind, but I can't do everything and neither can you. You can only do so much at a time. So it was nice to remember, you can always shut off your phone and pretend you're in the desert. So I have a story for you. We get to Lightning in a Bottle and they they didn't ship me my wristband, which is your ticket. They sent me an email, apparently, saying, hey, uh, there was a glitch and we forgot to ship you your ticket. This happened to a lot of people. Sorry. I didn't get this email. I didn't read it in time because they sent me a bunch of emails being like, oh, my God, lightning in the bottle is coming up. Here's what you can expect. Here's what to pack. Have you ever camped before? Like all this bullshit fluff that I didn't need. Buried in the fluff, there's an email. By the way, we're not mailing you your ticket. You'll have to stand in a line to get it. And I could have had the option to mail it had I read the damn email in time. But I didn't because they flood your inbox. So we get there and we have to stand in a physical line outside of our car. 
in the hot ass sun. It was 106 degrees in the afternoon and the line was two hours deep. They said it was one, but it was two hours deep. And we stood there, got our wristbands. It took forever. When we finally got up to the woman checking us in, she didn't know how to do her job. She's just supposed to type in my name, maybe my confirmation number, and that's it. She couldn't type in my name. I gave her my driver's license. I said, this is my name. My name is Michelle. This is how you spell it. She couldn't type in my name. I hope she was on a lot of drugs because I don't know why that was so hard for her. And her supervisor comes over, as I saw him do for the, the like three people in front of us, and helped her type in the person's name. She tried to write my name as Justin, not even close to Michelle. Anyway, thank God for supervisors because I got my wristband. <laughs> After we were in that hotline for two hours, we go to our car. Our car is so nice. It's new. It works great. It has the best AC. We're blasting the AC. We're driving to get in line for car camping. So now we're in a line with cars. And we're in line for a few minutes and I'm like panting. Like I can't breathe that well. I'm like, <gasps> why? why does it feel hotter in here? <gasps> like that. Like I have emphysema or something. And Joseph is driving. He goes, are you having a heat stroke? What's going on? The AC's on full blast. The car is cool. And I'm like, I don't know. It'll pass. Don't worry about me. And it wasn't getting any better. I felt like I just couldn't get a hang of myself. I couldn't breathe. It felt like I had just gone running in a five-mile race. Like I had just done the most intense exercise I had done all year. But I felt like I should be fine. I'm sitting in my car. And then Joseph starts feeling it. He's he's panting too. He's like, oh, maybe I'm having a heat stroke. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, is it the vape you're hitting? Because he's smoking his vape in the car. It's like, is there scented tobacco? Is, is it too much flavor smoke hitting me in my nostrils? I don't know. And then we had just got in this car recently. So we got the windows tinted because Joseph's a gangsta. Um, and also we're really white with our skin and we don't want sun hitting us. So we had to tint the windows. Um, and when we got them tinted a few days prior, the guy at the car shop was like, by the way, don't open your windows for several days because the tint is, it's like uh not wallpaper. It's like a sticky paper, right? So they put it on your windows and you can't roll them down until it adheres all the way. So we were supposed to wait a few days to roll them down and it had been enough time, but we were in the habit of keeping them up. So the windows weren't rolled down. And then we had packed a cooler, huge cooler full of food to last us the five days of the festival. And Joseph had said we should get dry ice. So he packed it full of dry ice a day before this. So there had been dry ice in the car, keeping our cooler with our hamburgers and chili and all of our meat nice and cool. And then it clicked in his mind, thank God, because I don't know anything about dry ice. He goes, oh, it's the dry ice, (gasps) the gas from the dry ice. And he cranks open the windows and the moonroof and it didn't feel any better at first. And I didn't understand, but Apparently, dry ice evaporates over time. It takes a few days. It becomes gas. It becomes carbon dioxide. And we had left it sitting in the hot desert sun for two hours. We had put that dry ice in the car, like what, 12, 14 hours ago, the night prior. 
So it had mostly evaporated into gas, at least in we had two coolers, at least in when like the shittier cooler, it had mostly evaporated into gas. And it was just blocking our car full of carbon dioxide. And that's why we couldn't breathe. And after having all the windows open for a few minutes, I started to feel better. And I kept those windows open for a long time because I was like hanging out my, my head out the window like a dog, like air, oxygen. It feels so good. I mean, did you know that? I didn't know anything about dry ice. Joseph said, go get it at the store. And then be careful when you hold it because it burns. But I didn't know it could evaporate into gas and kill you in your car. That's a new fact. And thank God he knew to roll the windows down because if I had passed out in that car, if we had passed out and it was just the festival, like festival staff attendees who were going to revive us and that girl thought my name was Justin, we were goners. We would have died in the car in line to get into this electronic music festival. What's the cause of death? Oh, is it fentanyl? Oh, no, it's carbon dioxide. That would have been a sad way to go. You have to admit. Oh, thank God for uh, for knowing what it was. Good on him. So, yeah, that's how the festival started. And that was one of the worst parts. Uh, just the line and the almost dying. That was Those were the worst parts. After that, it got so much better, and we had a great five days. Um, I did have one epiphany while I was dancing to John Hopkins. And like, it was a weird, you know, the vibe is always weird when you're going to a very dance-heavy show, like a jam band or electronic music. And, you know, everyone's just trying to have a good time. They're trying to dance their little hearts out. And I always, like, play uh, piano fingers. Like, I play, like, with the air. Like, I'm playing the piano. And... I want to have a good time, but during the slow tempo stuff, I just started thinking a lot, and I'm like, okay, this isn't really dancing music, and then my brain starts going, and I'm having a bunch of, like, realizations, and solving my existential crisis, and, you know, having epiphanies. One of my epiphanies was, be nicer to men. You're too mean to men. You got to forgive them. And so I'm going to try to be nicer to men, because, you know, I always feel more naturally close to women. I'm always like trying to hang out with the girls. And if I'm like meeting a new group of people, if I'm meeting a new couple, I always like make friends with the woman. I got to make friends with the guy too. Guys are people too. I forget that. And I have to forgive them for everything their gender has done before they got here. It's not their fault, you know? I shouldn't hold all my grudges against mankind with Joseph or his fellow man friends, I should forgive them and let them be their own people. That was one of my epiphanies. And my other epiphany was uh, alcohol related because one night I drank a lot because, you know, you're having fun. And we were doing shots out of a water bottle, like shots of whiskey. I don't drink a lot of whiskey. So it was, you know, it was a lot for me. And my friend who was there, she brought saltines with her just like a a sleeve of saltines because I was trying to keep up and like do a few shots. And after like the third one, I was like, I'm starting to feel sick. This is not a good idea. I don't want to die, but I don't want to be a bad time. And, you know, it's like I want to have fun, but also like this alcohol is killing me. And she's like, oh, do you need a saltine? She pops a saltine in my mouth. Ah, it saved my life. It was so satisfying and just soaks up all the like nasty whiskey taste in your mouth and taking shots. 
taking shots is a young person's game. I should not try to take more than one shot in a given night. It's like asking way too much of myself. But if I have saltines, I could take a few and I could keep going because we danced all night and we saw glass animals and, you know, we kept it going. I think we called it a night around like 1.30, 2 a.m. every night. So we were staying fun. We were out with the young people. And like at any festival, stuff is going on until like 4 in the morning or later. We could have stayed out later, but I felt like around 1-ish. It's like we can go back to our tent. We could try to get to sleep because in the morning the sun comes out and it just wakes you up. It's like... We're here. It's morning. Get out of your tent and start your day because it's hot as hell. So we did get a little bit of sleep most of the time. The last night, uh, Joseph played blackjack. There was this pop-up blackjack tent where he actually went a few nights. But the last night I came with him and it was called Frick Frack Blackjack. Frick Frack. Frick Frack Blackjack. It wasn't real blackjack. There was no money involved. It was gambling stuff, like trinkets and toys, shit you don't want, like that you would give to your five-year-old niece or something, like little gizmos and gadgets and figurines. And I didn't understand why Joseph was so into it the whole festival. I was like, oh, there's music. I'm going to go dance. Like I would leave him alone at the Frick Frack blackjack table and I would go dance and I hung out with our camping neighbors a few times. Um making new friends and just like exploring on my own while he did that. But the last night we went together and I sat at the table and I gambled a little bit with some trinkets Joseph had picked up and it was so much fun. It felt like live immersive theater, honestly. Apparently it's a thing that travels to different festivals where uh, the dealers are like comedic actors and they're in this, this pretend game where they like come up with stories and long explanations about the shit you're gambling because you offer your trinkets on the table and then they trade you whatever trinkets they have to make the the bet worth your while and then you play blackjack. It was so weird and so cool. And I don't think I'll ever see anything like that again. It was so random. But apparently it travels to different festivals. Maybe I'll see that at a festival again. Joseph won a bunch of shit. He did really well at the pretend blackjack game. And so he came home with like a tiny skeleton and a small goat and like all this shit that no one wants or needs, but he won it. So now it means something to him. And it was cool. We had a really great time. So this is just a little solo episode to tell you I'm back, baby. I'm enlightened. I'm better than ever. And In two weeks, I'll be back with some guests. I'm going to have on my friends John and Christine, who joined me at Lightning in a Bottle, and they can tell you what they learned at the festival. They actually, I only saw them a little bit here and there, so they have very different stories from me. And uh, after that, we'll have more comedians and awesome people, mental health professionals, and we'll keep it up with season two of Therapy Roulette. But I'm excited for summer. It's going to be a good one. You know the drill. Leave me a review. Tell a friend. Keep listening. You can expect the bi-weekly episodes to pick back up. And uh, if I disappear again, I promise to let you know. Follow me on social media for any updates. And uh, stay cool, folks. Hey, thank you for listening to Therapy Roulette. 
please tell your friends, your family, strangers on the street about this podcast. Spread the word. Follow us. Leave a review. It all goes a million long ways. Follow my Instagram at Michelle Bocci Comedy for comedy updates and stand-up shows. And I'll talk to you in two Thursdays. Therapy roulette, consent event, trauma disguised as comedy. Therapy roulette, consent event, if you don't have